All right, thanks, Naya. Very good. Hey, we are pumped to be here tonight. This is so good. I think the what's so appropriate because tomorrow's Valentine's Day is we should celebrate Charles and Chai's getting engaged. Right back here, these guys got engaged. Can you believe it? Love is in the air, people. Love is in the air. All right. So would you welcome uh, Ryan and Jackie King? Come on up here, Ryan and Jackie King. Yeah, 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 yeah. These two. Uh, these two. How long have you been married? How many years? I think 14 years this year. 14 years this year. How many children do you have? We have three. Three children. What are their ages? Uh, eight. The mic's right there if you oh, want to use yes. it. Eight, five, and two. Eight, five, and two. So they're, they got nothing going on. Right. Totally bored people. Uh, Ryan's our now executive pastor. has been our worship pastor for many years. And uh, we love these guys. So you're going to enjoy having them here with us tonight. And also, Sherry and Lyndall Stoughton, come on down. Uh, Sherry and Lyndall have been our elders at River City. They're both uh, medical doctors. Uh, Lyndall's an anesthesiologist. You're, you're a medical doctor, but you have your own business. You you are, she is the drug pusher in the jails. Uh, it would be, that'd be my interpretation of what she does. But actually she oversees all the medical for like the county jail here. And how many counties, Sherry? Where, where's your mic? Is there You're mic? using it. Oh, I'm using it. <laughs> That's why. Five counties. Five so, counties. I used to work here in town at Valley Medical Center. I'm a family practitioner, um, but I formed my own company in 2012. So I now take care of our less fortunate inmates uh, in uh, the state of Idaho. So I'm in Pocatello and Twin Falls and Haley and up in Moscow and here in Lewiston. She likes bad boys, that's why she married me. <laughs> okay, this is gonna be good. Spicy. Very nice, very nice. How many how many kids do you guys have and grandkids oh, if, good, if you have those? We have two sons and they are thirty one and twenty nine years old. They're both married and we they each have two children. So in the last three plus years we've had four grandbabies. Wow. So we are nice. launched into the grandparent mode. Very yeah. cool. Very cool. Um, just is a really it's a real privilege for all of us to have these these two couples here. So thanks for being here and taking the time out tonight. Um, let's just start this right off with uh, this first question. Number one, how do you, how do you know that a relationship should be more than just good friends? This is challenging, and anybody can take it. Um, I think that both of you want it to be more than just good friends. Oh, oh, it's important to have both people <laughs> Right. Um, I think sometimes we can kind of over-spiritualize this, and sometimes it's just as basic as, do you guys like each other? Um, and that's probably a good place to start. That's good. Anybody else want to comment on that? Is that pretty good? That's pretty good. That's Well, let's go ahead. No, I'm just kidding. The answer to these are actually yes, no, yes, yes. No, no, no. Well, I don't think there's magic formula, right. like, like Jackie's saying. So, um, so yeah, I, I think you just walk into things, explore a bit, and uh, make some choices. Do you do you think friendship is a is a key first and foremost, or yes, should it be something else first and then friendship? How do you think? What's the order, Sherry? I just I'm going off script. I'm just I'm just trying to make it hard for you. 
Yeah. Oh, certainly, bit. certainly the order is um, friendship and and some basic attraction. Um, mm -hmm. Okay. Little says What do you think, Little? Yeah. Would you agree with that? You need to be attracted to the person <laughs> first. It helps. <laughs> I think it's essential. I think sometimes, though, I mean, you you can spend time with somebody, yeah. develop a friendship with them, and then all of a sudden go, oh, oh. yeah. So attraction can come later, sometimes yeah. too. Right, because is attraction always physical, or no. is it? Oh, absolutely. What do you tell me more, Frank? Uh, you can. I think you can be really attracted to who somebody is, and the things that they like, and the way that they treat other people. And I mean, yeah, there's a whole slew of things that that can pique your interest. Um, so, yeah, I, physical is, is great too, but but uh, yeah, that's not the only attraction, I don't think. Okay, okay. Because somebody can be beautiful, but really annoying. Oh, yes. for sure. <laughs> Good point. Sure. Well, and I think the attractiveness quotient changes um, yeah, sometimes. I, I don't know As if you any age. of you have experienced it, but, but somebody who, who you find to be okay looking, once you get to know them, it actually, their attractiveness quotient increases, and and vice versa. Mm -hmm. Somebody who's really attractive, or you think initially, you once you get to know them, you're going, hmm, well, I think they're sort of average. Gotcha. Yeah. Good point. Good point. All right, that was good. That was good. Um, let's go to. Uh, we're kind of in this. We're in this flow, but let's go to number three there. Naya, can you put that up? Number three. What is my part and what is God's part in finding a spouse? What do you think? How, how would you answer this? I think God did his part by creating. Uh, I think I think in the church, and I don't know if you guys have experienced this, I know I experienced this growing up, is that uh, there was this massive pressure of i got to find the one, right? So there's 7 billion people, and what if the one doesn't live in my country? Like there's, there's an enormous amount of pressure Right, and we're Charles, with Charles, right? And so, and so I, I think I think it's messed up our culture because if we think there's only one, yeah. then we can enter into marriage and go, "What if this isn't the one?" <laughs> I mean, honestly, right. and, and it's very cultural, and unfortunately, there's tons of divorce because of that. And so, to me, my my idea is that God created, and He gave us options. And and this might sound offensive. I've said this in front of my wife before, but there's other people I've met along the way that I could have married. And they would have been the one. So there was compatibility, there was attractiveness, there was whatever. But that she became the one when we said, I do. Right. So that there was a choice that we made, and that was our part, was getting to know each other and pursuing that relationship. So, so Jackie became, and you became for her, the perfect one at the point where you right. made that covenant commitment yeah. for God. That's good. Well, and I know with our sons, both of them, when they got married, we, we actually even... Up until the wedding day, we said, both to our sons and our daughter-in-laws, you, you can change your mind. You know, I mean, there, there's nothing here that, that, I mean, we love our daughter-in-laws and they didn't make bad choices. But but if they were having last-minute cold feet or anything like that, we, we absolutely gave them the freedom to to, to walk away. Yeah. Yeah. Up to that point. Up to that Up point. Up to the marriage point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, After so, that, they're yeah. stuck. So, Linda, why don't you chime in on this one? So, what's, what's God's part? What's... What's your part or each of us' part well, in this I think, process? I think like Brian said, God's done his part. I think we can't get too, you know, some people will get hyper-spiritual about things and say, you know, I'm, I'm waiting on God to bring me a spouse. 
It's kind of like the joke about the guy who keeps praying every day, you know, God, help me win the lottery, help me win the lottery. And so he prays and prays, and he's so diligent and asking that finally God says, give me a, give me a break here, buy a ticket. You know, <laughs> actually get out there. So are you encouraging us to buy a lot of tickets? No, <laughs> buy a lot of tickets. Okay, all right, so just, there's just an analogy. Sit back and say, I'm waiting on God to bring me a spouse. You, you have to be... You have to be in the game, that's what I'd say. Okay, that's good. I was going to say, too, I think the other part of your part is that if you are a Christian and you desire to have a Christian spouse, then you should position your position yourself to meet someone that is like-minded. So if you are desiring to be married and you want to have a Christian marriage, and yet the only um, social places you're going to are bars and parties, then you're kind of attracting or looking for someone that you are saying you don't actually want to marry. So I would think that the more appropriate place to put yourself socially would be um, in church, in uh, small groups right here, or, you know, to go do um, like trivia nights or things where you could meet people that could be like-minded. I don't know. Are you laughing that I said trivia nights? <laughs> I was just throwing that out there. But I think that sometimes the problem is, is that you can say that you want one thing, but then the place that you're putting yourself, you're never going to find that. Um, and then I think also the element, I think Lyndall said, of putting yourself out there. If you want to be married, you have to put yourself out there. You're not going to meet someone by only hanging out with your parents at home. I mean, unless your parent, one of your parents wants to be a matchmaker or something, then I suppose it could work out. But I just think that you have to, and that could be weird too, but you have to, I think, intentionally make a choice to meet people that are like minded and would love Jesus, so. Yeah, I think I think another thing that's, that's our part when you're looking for a spouse is you know, the right person may not come along, and that may be God's plan. It might not happen for quite a while because maybe you're not ready to be a spouse. You know, so I think uh, an important part of our part is looking at ourselves, working on yourself, uh, developing the character that it takes uh, to make a successful marriage. You know, like, yeah, you have to ask the question when you're looking at a, a person to marry, is this person a covenant keeper? You know, that's one of the biggest questions. and and sort of, um, I think one of the things as God's bringing you a spouse is you have to figure that out yourself. You know, am I a covenant keeper? Am I an honest person? Uh, and if maybe not, well, you got time to work on those things mm -hmm. because people can, you know, people can change and, and uh, we grow into those things. I think it's excellent. I, I love that you addressed that. Thank you. But you use that fancy word covenant. What do you, what do you mean by that covenant keeper? <laughs> well, covenant is is uh, like you preached about. It's not a contract where if you do this for me, I do it for you. Covenant is, uh, you know, we made a, a, a vow, a promise, uh, and we're going to we are going to um, do our part. We're going to, to remain in this relationship. A covenant marriage. We're going to remain in this relationship, uh, whether things go well or not well. You know, regardless of what happens in the future and we're together and are going to live that out one of Lindell's jokes is that you know we've been married 34 years and it's 31 of the best years of our lives the three years that's the covenant yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> that was the, that was the hard <laughs> 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 right. oh, that's very good
That's well, very good. Um, the second question, number two on, the, on, your, on your sheet, and it's uh, bring that up if you would, and I, the Bible teaches that love is a choice, not a feeling. How have you seen that played out in your relationship? Whether it was in your dating relationship or in your marriage, the Bible teaches that love is a choice, not a feeling. How have you seen that played out in your relationship? Sure. <laughs> As I reach. Do we really need these? Yeah, you do. Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, I have a voice that carries pretty well, but um, love is a choice. So the days when you don't feel particularly loving, you fake it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you I like do. That. Yeah, you act, you act the way you don't feel uh, because you're grown up, uh, because you're married, because you're committed to that person. Um, do you, Sherry, do you think do you think the question's accurate? The Bible teaches that love is a choice, not a feeling. I mean, are feelings involved or? Oh, for sure. Okay. Yeah, feelings are important, um, but the choice is equally important over time I mean, because love is going to start with a with a feeling you know when you fall in love um, that's a feeling but in order for that to continue you have to make lots and lots of choices okay. along the way okay. yeah the other thing I go, go ahead see, I'm, I'm, I'm hogging the no, you're good, you're good. You're good. You're good. we got tons of time you're all right well, you guys all right yeah. <laughs> yeah, that. They're good. You're good. go ahead well this might tie into some other questions but but one of the other things Lyndall and I were talking about as we were talking about these questions this morning is um, the importance of, n of learning not to say everything you think. Right. <laughs> mm. Well, that's good. Sorry. Because... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was laughing. Yeah, anybody who's been married is yeah, laughing. Much less yeah. trouble. Yeah, it, you know, you, you don't... It, it's important to communicate. Yes. Um, and to be honest with each other, but it's also important to recognize that not every feeling that you experience is true or needs to be communicated to your spouse because then you're just living in constant crisis. Um, so, so deciding when that thought or that feeling is, is true enough and <laughs> solid enough and important enough that, that you got to talk about it is different than these scattered thoughts that go through your mind all the time. Um, that just really, you, you learn to keep your mouth shut. Yeah. yeah, and that can sound like, well, you don't really share everything. That's not what she's saying. I mean, it's okay to have a filter, just like you have a filter with other people. You should have a little bit of a filter with your spouse, right. probably. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <That's not so laughs> or else. You guys want to over there? Yeah, you guys, you guys. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yes. 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 You agree? <laughs> All right. It's so fascinating because uh, today, Shelly and I had some really heated feelings. <laughs> I shared on Sunday about how we've been having some intense conversations. And uh, we had some today. I was just like, it's so fascinating. I'm going to this Let's Talk About Love forum, but Shelly and I were. You know, anyway, um, feelings are, feelings lie to you all the time. Right. Feelings can be great and they're yeah. important that God made them, but they can lie. 
and we need to be really careful. We had to ask each other to forgive, you know, we asked for forgiveness this, this afternoon, right before I came over. So um, it's a regular, it's a regular occurrence in our household. We exercise it regularly. Um, you know, these guys are, many of them, there's a few of them that are married, um, but uh, number four, the question is, how do you establish healthy boundaries in a relationship, uh, whether it's emotional boundaries, physical boundaries, spiritual boundaries, like, what does that, what do you guys think about that? I think one of the most important things to do is actually establish boundaries before you're in a relationship, uh-huh. because what we've experienced with just many of the young couples that we've hung out with is that, <laughs> that if it's six months into a relationship, we're like, we should probably think some boundaries. Odds are you've probably crossed a lot of them already. <laughs> and, and so I think it's really important to think through what those might look like before you're in a relationship. So maybe you've been in one before and you, you look back and go, Ugh, I think I went, I think I, you know, crossed a lot of lines. Take a step back before you're in another relationship and go, all right, set those boundaries out first because it's a lot easier to talk about. It's a lot easier to to not go there than to try to walk back and step behind the line that you've already crossed. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I, I think that's really important. And whatever that looks like, uh, I could give you some suggestions. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all great physical things lead. The point is sex. So those things lead. It's, it's a wonderful pathway. But if you start down that pathway, it's a rolling stone. So. Downhill. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, too, um, if you have boundaries in mind before your relationship um, and then you express the boundaries that you desire, um, first of all, have courage and don't be shy about that. But then if you are in a relationship with somebody that kind of either balks about the boundaries that you want to set or, or pushes, um, I think that that could be an indicator that you should maybe back out before it even starts. Um, if someone can't respect boundaries that you feel like you might need emotionally or physically or spiritually, like the question says, then that could be an indicator that maybe they're not a good person to start a relationship with. That's good. Mm-hmm. Anything, you guys got anything to add on this? Because well, we got emotional, physical, spiritual, they're, yeah. I know it's kind of broad, but. So just to talk about the flip side of boundaries, uh, boundaries create freedom. Because if you know where the boundaries are in your relationship, you know, say we'll say we're married, sort of know where we know where the boundaries are for the two of us. The advantage is you can play right up to the boundaries, and you you can. It's like a kid in the yard. You know, it's a busy street out there, right? You're nervous with your three-year-old because he runs out in the yard. You get in the street, get run over. If there's a fence around the yard, the kid can play in the whole yard. And so, boundaries bring freedom yeah. as well as limits I guess is what I'm saying if that makes sense I think that's a great that's a great point so because yeah. I think sometimes we think boundaries means restriction, restriction right. bad right. Right. but yeah. actually you're what I just heard you say it's freedom it's it's actually healthy it actually allows you to thrive yeah. there was an actual experiment done a handful of years ago and I, I remember reading about this experiment where they, they were messing with a couple of grade schools in a town and one grade school they got they got rid of the fence around the playground and then another one, they put the, a fence up, and they found that the kids that were at the school with with no fence stayed a lot closer and tighter, and they felt restricted because there was too much unknown. Where the kids at the school with the fence played all the way up to the fence, and so you're right, it's it's freedom rather than restriction. So they felt safer. Mm-hmm. Yes, they're safe. Thus, they, ex- they they explore. Hmm, that's good. 
like that. So I, I'm, I'm going to tweak this question a little bit, but I'm going I'm to keep it with the boundaries thing. So let's talk about this physical. We're, we're coming from a very Christian, biblical worldview here, all right? And I think most of you know that. So, so sex. I mean, let's talk about sex for a second. It's beautiful. God made it. Um, you know, Song of Solomon is every college student's favorite book of the Bible. <laughs> okay, maybe not. You're like, no. I haven't read that one yet. <laughs> Don't read that one right now. But, um, but we're, we're, what about this? I mean, let's just go there with the physical, the physical and the emotional stuff. But the, the it's physical, spiritual, and emotional are all tied to sexual intimacy. Would you agree? So, so how important is it to have boundaries in that area specifically in the, in the area of sexual relationship before you're married? Before you're married? Yeah. <laughs> Not after you're married. <laughs> after you're married, it's like woohoo! <laughs> have fun, explore. Well, I'll just. I mean, I'll get. How about I'll just get specific? I, I think it. You know, I, I've I've heard a couple say they didn't hold hands before they got married. They. They, they wouldn't hug before they got married. I mean, it's great. We didn't do that. Um, you know, but, but kissing leads to more kissing, which leads to... Touching. Touching, which leads to more touching, which leads... I mean, it eventually leads to sex. And so it, it is one of those... Uh, it, I think it's important to talk about those things before you get to that point. Um, and so what does it look like? It, I mean, honestly, nothing... Not much good usually happens after 11 o'clock at night. Sitting on a tel- on a couch, Netflix and chill, right? I mean, that's where that idea came from. Nothing good happens after eleven o'clock in the dark on a couch laying down. Okay, I mean, these, these, I mean, it might sound obvious, but it's so funny how we can get there. And I'm saying, oh my god, what happened? So I, I think it's important to talk about those things before, and that's where I, I'm saying, come up with those boundary ideas before you get there, um, because it's way harder to walk back across that line once you come. So if God because it sort of sounds kind of prude and kind of absolutely not culturally relevant for us to say that you shouldn't have sex before you're married because our culture communicates totally opposite of that I mean, it's like well hey I mean you gotta at least try it out you gotta know if it, if it works for you guys it's gotta you know how do we know right so why would God I mean I'm just curious why do you guys think even biblically that God would say save this for marriage Well, I think one thing, I mean, you're right, you're, you're not going to know. Um, and so I think the beauty of that is that if you can intermarriage with that standard and that purity, then neither of you really know anyway. And so you get to grow and learn together um, and kind of figure that all out. So I think that it can actually be flipped a little bit. Culture tries to say, well, you don't know what you're doing or, or what, how it's supposed to be. And I think that that can be okay that you get to figure that out as you go, and that's fun, and that's kind of how God intended it to be, is that you can spend your life figuring that out with your one person. What if you really crossed those lines already? What if, what if you've had a bunch of partners? <laughs> Do you wanna, add, you wanna finish that question? I'm sorry, I'm, you wanna, go ahead, say what you're gonna say, because I asked another <laughs> question. You so did ask another question, it's a good question. Okay. Um, <clears throat> Well, the other reason to not have sex before you're married is the whole soul tie issue. Um, Once you've had sex with someone, ending that relationship is um, 
much more difficult, much more complicated. Things get really messy. I don't know if any of you have experienced that, but but dang, you know. Um, so just in terms of keeping your life simple, um, and and keeping your heart for whoever it is you're going to pick, um, yeah. it just is a lot easier to to not walk through that pain. So so you're saying you use this word soul or these words soul tie. So it's so you're saying the sexual act is, is actually a spiritual act? Absolutely. Okay. So is that why this is such a big deal to God? I mean I think the answer is yes. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I might be into too simplistic. I guess I guess maybe I'll just chime in because I, I, I think that's the part. I mean I think sometimes people think I mean, I've had people say to me, of course I'm a pastor, they go, Oh, you're a pastor, you're a Christian, so you're total, you know, oh, you're not great. You're totally backwards, right? And I'm just like, sex is awesome. Like, it's designed. God made it. He, he's not a prude. He's just like, he just knows it's not just a physical act. And the enemy wants you and I to think, have as much sex as you want. It's, it's, it is pleasurable. Absolutely, God designs to be pleasurable. But the pleasure that you're getting pre-marriage is minuscule, because you don't have the commitment, you don't have the covenant commitment tied to it, so it becomes kind of like I think I think it was C.S. Lewis that said, "Why would you, why would you make a mud pies in your backyard when you when God's got uh, make that your vacation versus go and God's got an Oregon got a beach house in on the Oregon coast for you?" You know, this is Kevin Beeson's translation of C.S. Lewis. <laughs> but why would you settle for the lesser? <coughs> why would you go for this when He's got this? And so when you can explore in a covenant committed relationship, the sexual relationship that God designed for oneness, for that soul connection, that deep spiritual connection, why would you waste that and kind of counterfeit it? You know, it's, 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 it's just like, it's like settling for fast food every day when he has a beautiful meal for the rest of your life. Why would you waste it? So that, I think that's, I guess to me, it's like, it's just such an upgrade. I, th- I think the other part is the Bible talks about how God is a father and a loving father. So if you've had a sucky father, I'm so sorry. But God is a loving father and, and he loves his kids and he doesn't want to see us get hurt. And if you've ever been through any breakup, you know, even, if, even if it was just an instant relationship, there's heartbreak and there's hurt there. And sex just complicates all of that and increases the pain of breakup. And if God is a loving father, he doesn't want, he doesn't want to see his kids get hurt. So that's, that's, I think that's part of it too, is that, I mean, and that's why, you know, God isn't a prude. He designed sex. There's, honestly, if you've never read the song, Solomon, it is X-rated. It's, it's kind of hilarious. I remember growing up in the church and, you know, sneaking away and reading that sometimes. <laughs> but like, you don't discover it until you're a little older. You're like, oh my God, like, what is this? But, uh, it's got one verse about your nose is like the cedars of Lebanon. Yeah, like how big was this lady's nose? It's a big nose. <laughs> anyway, we don't, want to, don't use that one. But <laughs> but God designed sex. Uh, he's a he's a fan of it. But but that's that's I think that's he's such a loving father. He hates when his kids get hurt. Right. And this is just a level. It just makes the hurt worse. Which I think is I think that's another reason why he's like keep it here. Right. In this place where I designed it, because anything outside of that God's original design hurts. Which then ties into question number nine: How do you politely end a relationship that's not working? <laughs> and the answer is, it's impossible. 
It's impossible to politely end a relationship. Yeah, I think it's really hard to politely end relationships. How do you end it then, Sherry? Oh, with pain pain and suffering. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there you go. Spoken from a man. And I think I think if your goal is politely, then you need to treat the person um, from the get-go politely, which would be that you honor them and not take part of them with you. And so I think that you, again, it's kind of those boundaries that you establish before you're even in relationships that if you, if something's not working, first of all, I think you shouldn't be afraid to just end it. Um, and the problem is, is sometimes it is difficult to end things when there is a physical thing happening. Um, and so that's why I think by not doing that, it makes things less complicated. Like we've been saying, it makes it simpler, but if your goal is to be polite, then you shouldn't cross that line in the first place. You should honor each other and know that that's um, just not cool. That's good. So if you, don't forget to write your questions down. You guys write any questions down there, come up, do that. And we'll hear in about 10 minutes, we'll collect those. So, so once you think about that, get those written down, maybe pass them to one end or something, pass them over to this end and we'll pick them up. Be great. Fold it over if you need to. Excellent. Okay, how about um, let, let's look at number five. Let's go back to dating for a second. I know that has been a few years ago for you guys. <laughs> or do you still date? Just kind of curious. Um, what do you feel you did well in your dating relationship, and now in your marriage? That's, that's a big open-ended question. But what do you? What do you feel you did well? I mean, were you even Christians? I don't, I don't know. Maybe you need to share that if you weren't. Um, yeah, who wants to start? Lyndall, Sherry, somebody share. Well, Lyndall and I had a really messy, messy dating relationship. That's it. Um, yeah. So, and that was, and that was it, before the three. That was before. That was before the three years of covenant <laughs> <laughs> needed. <laughs> so, um, so Ryan and Jackie, I think, have a very different different dating story than than we do. But um, we met, and I was actually, in terms of boundaries, I was the aggressor. Um, he was the one who wanted to keep things, um, have the boundaries, and I I burst through those boundaries over and over again um, because I didn't really have boundaries. Um, so, uh, so yeah. Um, here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so our dating relationship was sort of a mess because I, I got married uh, when I was 22. My wife left a year later, uh, had been divorced for a year and a half. Probably wasn't thoroughly recovered, definitely wasn't, you know, and um, so that made that hard. All those, all those, you know, all those all things pain. have consequences, yeah, pain consequences. And so, anyway. Uh, when we were dating, you know, I was a medical student, so I was working a lot. She was a resident working a lot. Uh, so we really didn't see each other that much, um, you know, kind of back and forth. And uh, it, yeah, it was chaos. But um, you know, we got, you know, Once got we married, it worked out. out. <laughs> you know, the bottom line is, you know, everything we talked about before, mistakes are redeemable. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Uh, and we didn't start walking in a real relationship with Jesus until we were in our early mid thirties. So um, we we were married with kids before we got it. Um, yeah. 
Okay, so you were late. You were later in life, mid thirties, before you released. You had some history with, with God, but it, yeah. you weren't fully committed. Okay, that's good to know. That's interesting. Okay, I, I'm just. Gonna, I think the thing that we did well before we got married, and and still do a lot, is that we talk, communicate a ton, um, and so uh, yeah, any couples that we've that we've hung out with before they get married, we're just like. We go through some sessions, some sessions on money, some sessions on sex and conflict, and it all comes down to you got you got to talk, you got to talk a lot. So we talked about all sorts of stuff. We wanted six kids before we got married. Then we had one kid. And we're like, one's good. Like seriously, like what? What are we thinking? But uh, but we talked about all sorts of things, and I think that's one of the things that we still do a lot of. We sit on the couch at night, and we just have lots and lots of conversation. And and my, growing up in my family, we. We communicated at a level. It was pretty surfacy, and so so it, it took us several years. I, Jackie's family—they talk about everything that they should and shouldn't talk about. Loudly, and it's always loud and at the dinner table. You <laughs> <laughs> feel accosted all the time, but but it, it's been good for me because my family did. You know, conflict was kind of held in other rooms, and we were fairly quiet about those things. And so, but it took us a bit. It took me a bit to go deep with some of those things. But once we got there, we just we we keep doing it. Keep talking about it. And, and here's one of the things that we talk with a lot of couples too is that, and this isn't one of the other questions too, but it's just this idea of expectations. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you this expectations aren't, aren't bad and they're not wrong. And, and when, when I, I've heard this so many times, people say, well, I can't have expectations, that's wrong. And I go, okay, well, try to not have expectations. Like, yeah. You do have expectations. When, when they, they become bad when they're not communicated. Because what happens is then that person doesn't meet our expectations and then we can become resentful because they're not meeting our expectations yet. I never told them what I expected in the first place. So how could they possibly? So, um, so again, we, we talk about that stuff all the time. I mean, just here, there, everywhere. Shallow, deep, funny. We laugh a lot too. So that's yeah, one of the things. How's your guys' communication? Linda, do you want to add to that? Go ahead. I was going to add to that. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't necessarily that. I, well, okay. Whatever you want. So you you say whatever you want. Just talk. Yeah, just talk. You have yeah. What I think we've done well since we've been married is, um, you know, things die without vision, and we've always created through talking all this kind of stuff. Always created the next vision for the next thing. So we're always looking forward to the next thing because if you think about it, when you date a person, you think about getting married. What are you doing? You have a vision. You have a plan. You have something you're working towards. And what happens is you get married for a couple of years and that's all fun and you have a kid or two and that's fun to begin with and then it becomes rather <laughs> burdensome, you know, because they're always around, underfoot, you're tired, she's tired, you haven't really talked to each other because the kids are always talking to you, you know, or needing something and you got jobs and it's demanding. Well, and it's and the day-to-day logistics then that take over everything all instead, your of, instead of right. the, the vision, mm-hmm. the few, you know, right. your plans, your, your dreams. Um, so yeah so so now all of a sudden you're just in the management business unless you're you know in your marriage you purposefully uh, have a good time uh, have you know set some visions keep on moving forward in your relationship that all that family stuff takes over next thing you know you don't really know this person anymore and then you know somebody's thinking about walking out a lot of people get divorced two or Three, five, seven years, or ten, you know, when they have young kids and they're just overwhelmed, and they forgot to do what they did when they were dating and uh, and courting. And the other big divorce 
pump is actually after kids leave home and these people look at each other and they haven't actually talked about anything important yeah. in 15 years. Yeah, because yeah. they're about the kids. Yeah. It's Write that down, people. Write yeah. that down. That's good. That's good stuff right there. That's like really good stuff. Get it tattooed. Get it tattooed on your arm. Brian, you could Vision talk a lot about everything. So one of the things we did, we we planned to uh, leave for 36 hours every every six weeks. That was a good plan. It means it happens about once every three months. You know? <laughs> so that's good too. Right, right. But that's right. something. If you don't make a plan for that, it ain't going to happen. Right. You know. Well, that's and actually good. one of our rules when we left is we could talk about the kids for one hour um, in the car. And after that, talking about the children was off limits. It, it was... Well, actually, you just had to have sex. I'm writing that. I'm writing that. Down. I'm writing that down. Write down have sex. Or... Well, and, and if you talk about the kids, then then the sexual favor goes to the other one. That's what happens. Oh, that's how it works. Okay. Write down when I'm married. Cover up, head. Let's get to our mic. These are good. These are good practical words. He's actually writing this stuff down. Isaac, maybe you should be writing this down. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's really good. Um, so that's the other thing is that, that sort of is a thread through here or should be is it's just the playfulness quotient. Um, we'll talk life, about that. Life gets really serious. Um, you have a lot of responsibilities. There are a lot of demands. Um, so staying playful is something you have to do with intentionality. And it's doesn't I mean, that seem sort of counter, though? Are you saying, like, be spontaneous, be playful, it's not but plan it? Oh, yeah. You, plan spontaneity? You, you, you've got to plan it. Make the time right. to, be, to not have responsibilities to be with each other. Okay, mm -hmm. plan that part. There's, really a, uh, there's a couple, they started an organization called Marriage 365, but we've, we've watched a lot of their stuff over the years. It's really great. But one of the things that they do, and... and Again, it sounds a little counterintuitive, but they, they actually schedule sex. They're in that, the childbearing years where life gets crazy. And they just said, you know, lots of people, oh, that doesn't that take away the intimacy. Like, no, it actually builds excitement because we know Tuesday's coming. <laughs> yeah, so that's kind of... <laughs> <laughs> so, I love Tuesdays. Sound good. I want to say one thing, though. So, so when we do... Jack and I get a chance to meet with a lot of young couples. And I've, I've done a lot of weddings over the last... Handful of years, and we actually bring up sharing little stout quite a bit oh, no. in our sessions. No, 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 and it's all good. Oh, this and, be good. No, this is what good. I this is what I love, and this is sharing little are, are a few years ahead of us, and I get excited because at times they've grossed us out with how open they are talking about sex, <laughs> but I get excited because I just go, I love that in a few years I can still be excited. I think some people go, well, it just fades. It's like it fades if you want it to. But it doesn't have to. And these guys, I mean, Shane and Laura, they're, they're an inspiration for me. We talk about that at times. I'm like, that is so cool. So gross, but so cool. Like, I love that. So. Our poor boys. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Oh, my. Okay, so if you have your questions, Isaac, will you pick up? Get those questions, maybe pass them. Or have, give them to Isaac here. He'll pick them up. That'd be great. You guys, is there, you know, you're all believers, you love the Word of God. Is there any scripture or scriptures that you think, man, these have been really helpful in our relationship with God, our relationship with each other? Any 
scripture that would just stand out to you? What's that one verse about a woman scorned? <laughs> oh, shut oh, up. Totally kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Jack, just kidding. Bible joke. Um, Jack and I sat and talked about this last night. I honestly can't think of any particular scripture that I'm like, that's been a theme verse for us. I, I think it's just being in the Bible. There's just seasons and verses and, and it's just it's just be, it's being in church being in community with other people and and then reading being in the bible that there are certain times when things might pop out for a week or two and then so i i can't think of anything that's carried me through the years well it doesn't have to be that just any yeah yeah, yeah that's great so mine is uh, i think it's james 119 it's uh, everyone should be uh, quick to listen slow to speak it's still to become angry because woman's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. I think you just <laughs> added to that a little bit. Yeah. Like, oh, a woman's oh, anger? Right, oh, right, right. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah, so, anyway, that's that's just sort of a verse that's, uh, um, that when I got a hold of in my life, I became a better listener, uh, slow, slower to anger, uh, and that's all important. That's been important in our it's good relationship. Yeah, I think the, the message paraphrase of that says, um, lead with your ears, follow up with your tongue, which is kind of a nice way to say it too. What do you um, think, Jack? One of the things I was going to say, this question specifically is about, um, that's helped you with healthy, uh, let's see, healthier, healthier relationally. Okay. Yeah. Anyhow, oh, I'm just reading this. Um, But I was just gonna say, if you, if healthy relationships, like if that's an uncertain thing for you, I think Proverbs has a lot to say about what quality relationships, quality people looks like. Um, So I think that would be a good place for you to kind of know, like, am I healthy? Am I growing? But then also the the kind of people that you should look for. yeah, and also who to avoid <laughs> is in there too. You know, another thing Lyndall and I talked about this morning that hasn't really come up is the idea of um, if you reach a point in a relationship where you realize it's not going to work, cut them loose. Um, you know, don't continue in something that Lyndall can say it better than I can, but you go. <laughs> You're talking about a dating relationship. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If you're dating, no, that's what we're talking about. If you're dating and um, you find out, hey, this person is not trustworthy. This person is not a covenant keeper. They're not marriage material. Then you need to get rid of that person. You need to end that relationship because, uh, you know, it's, it's not a good relationship you'd be in. You don't want to be sucked into marriage with someone like that. But also, frankly, you're not on the market. You know, the person that God has for you may be out there, but you appear to be in a relationship, you know? And so if you're, if this is not the person, then dating that person is just recreation. You know, there's no problem with recreation, but if you're looking for a spouse, you need to not be in a relationship. If, if you've identified this person, you know, is a loser instead of a keeper, let it go. It's <laughs> good. I like that. So don't just, don't just have a relationship so you can have somebody to be with. You're occupied. You're being pretty selfish and, and actually, yeah, that's a good good point. Lidlon said earlier tonight too that, that people can't change, and that's true, but people rarely change people. Yeah. God changes people. And so I, I think we can hang on to something going, wow, 
I can make him a better person. Yeah. And if you're sitting there wondering if you can make him a better person, I say run for the hills because you can't. Mm. And, and you won't because God has to do that. And if they're not even wanting that, then you got to get the heck out. Well, that's a, I'm going to chime in on this one. Because I've seen, I think it's, it's really common um, to, and, and part of it is personality. Some of you guys are really um, rescuer by nature. Like you're really, <coughs> like you see that challenged person, you go, I want to help them be better. And I want to, I can help them. And, and part of that's God's put that in you. But I think it's so good that you said that because I think what actually happens is it, that person's weakness magnifies as you get in a relationship and God changes them, not you. So just really check your heart motive because if you're just in love with the idea of being in love and you're just, well, you can really get yourself. I've seen people caught in that cycle a lot. You know, and I I was thinking about the verse. I mean, there's so many verses, but Galatians, just the fruit of the spirit passage in Galatians five, you know, uh, you know, what's the Holy spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control like, nobody's going to have all those perfectly, of course, because we're all in a process, if you're a believer, and growing in those fruits. But take that, and when you're, when you're looking for someone to, to love and someone to be with forever, like, take that list and go, how's this person in the area of joy? How's this person in the area of peace? You know, and, and you might go, wasn't that judgmental? I think it's just being realistic with wisdom. We all know we're in process, but if you're like, this person has absolutely zip for kindness. Like they're like, they're like in negative quantities of kindness. They might be beautiful, handsome, whatever. They might be really intelligent, but they're constantly um, critiquing other people and are really angry and negative. I mean, you know, like, like just, you got to look at that stuff and go, I can pray for them. I could be their friend, but I don't have to date them, (laughs) you know? So, and I think a lot of times what happens in relationships is we're looking for the other person to fulfill what only God can fulfill. And so that's part of that. What's our part is just continue to grow ourselves in Christ. That's good. Okay. Um, Let me see. We kind of touched on number seven, which is how do you deal with differences and expectations in your relationship? Yeah. They got those questions. Huh? I think they finished those yeah, questions. We, we finished the questions. Okay, okay. Bring them over. Anybody want to talk to the expectations side of things at all? Any more? Number seven. Uh, expectation. Uh, again, it's a. It's. They have to be talked about. You have to. Things have to be. They have to be on the table to know whether or not you have any differences in expectations. I, I think. Uh, it, it's been so fascinating at times we had a couple sitting on our couch a handful of years ago unfortunately their, their marriage ended in divorce but uh we they're sitting on, on the on our couch and and he's talking about how uh, it, we're talking petty things so she was it she left the cupboard door open she left the cupboard door door open and it ticked him off so with that he would leave the spoon in the sh- in the coffee sugar and it ticked her off and he knew it t- but like they weren't talking about it so instead, she'd get ticked off that he, he was leaving the spoon and the sugar so she'd go out and get drunk. And he knew that, I mean, it would just wow. sounds insane, right? But the problem is that he had, he had no idea that he leaving the spoon and the sugar made her mad. 
I'm like, you didn't talk about that, yet you went and got drunk because it did. I mean, it just, it just was... They were discovering it on They were discovering couch. it on our couch, going, oh, you hate when I leave the cover door open? I had no idea that's why you went and got high. Like, it was just one of those, what? I mean, it was just mind-blowing. So, it's one of those, I think, it has to be on the table. You have to talk about it, because I think massive misunderstandings can happen because we don't talk about it. We stuff it, or, or we assume the other person is doing it to spite us, and they're going, I had no idea. You hated when I left the spoon and the sugar. I mean, just stupid, right? But it just escalated out of control. And, and I think that's what happens with expectations is that if they're not voiced, they can create bitterness. They can create poor decisions. They can create reactions that go miles away from where you even want to go because I didn't well, I never talked about it. Yeah. That's good. That's good. So number 13, I mean, I'll get to these questions here. Um, I value being nice to everyone, even those that others might avoid talking to. How do I do that without leading them on or being hurtful? So that person that's interested in you, but you're not, what do you, what do you guys think about that? Number 13. The other solution is being a jerk to everybody. And then you know, <laughs> uh, I had friends that did that. Yeah. You're not recommending that? No, I don't think that's a good idea. Okay. I, I, I think sometimes people can't develop feelings uh, despite your best efforts. Um, so, I, but I, I, here's the thing. There, I think there's a difference between being nice and being flirtatious. Right, yeah. and, and I think that's where that line can get kind of weird. If you're treating everybody the same way, then, then if somebody falls for you, sure, I, I think you can go, oh, I'm really sorry, that's not... That wasn't my intention. But if you're flirtatious with somebody and then they fall for you, then you can't hurt them. And, and you, you hold that in, in your control and it's not fair. So, but, I, but I think if it's, if it's an even swath of how you're treating people, I'm treating people kind. And then if somebody does fall for you, I think you can be back out as kindly as you say, that wasn't my goal here. I, I'm just, my goal is to be kind. Okay, it's good. All right, is it wrong for the girl to make the first move towards a relationship? No. What do you guys think? Go ahead, sweetie. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there you go. That was easy. Go for it. And how do the, how do the men feel about this? Um, good. <laughs> <laughs> my, my parents are married because of that. <laughs> My dad was way too shy to talk to her, and so my mom, who was in a college class, and she turned around, and she intentionally sat her friend next to him, and she turned around and leaned on his knee to talk to her friend. <laughs> so, sounds like... There you go. Yeah, if you know my there mom, you know, you know. Oh, well, that makes sense. Actually, I don't know if I'd be married if Shelly hadn't made a move. So she would hate that I'm telling you that. But she, she called me, because she heard I was moving away to go to college. She called me, and she's like, um... You want to like hang out or yeah, I just remember she was really nervous and I'm like and I thought she was gonna we had a big friend group that hung out and I thought I'd actually there been a couple girls who talked to me because they said I was flirting with them and it went bad anyway I thought she was gonna I thought it was gonna be bad I thought she was gonna ring me and she just wanted to hang out with me and get to know me I was like Dang, awesome. So as a 51-year-old guy, I mean, a pretty old guy, I'm just telling you, even back then in the olden days when the the cowboys were roaming the land, um, I 
I don't know any guy that doesn't love it if a woman pursues them. <laughs> so there you go. And if you don't, you're an idiot. Okay, but anyway. Uh, how about this? Let me see if I can read this here. If you're comfortable sharing, tell us about a rock bottom experience that ultimately drove you closer together in the long run. You think pain teaches more than happiness? Oh, yeah. Whoa. Wow. Ooh, that was a good question. <laughs> I didn't prep them for these ones. This is great. Uh, a rock experience. Was it really rock bottom? Let me read it again. If you're comfortable sharing, tell us about a rock bottom experience or a really hard experience that ultimately drove you closer together in the long run. Do you think that pain teaches more than happiness? It's <laughs> good. Yes, uh, I think I think um, I think growth can happen a lot in painful seasons. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes more than when life is blissful. So, uh, for me, I'm not sure how long it's been, uh, but. But my parents went through a really hellish time, um, just in their marriage. Lots of broken trust and uh, just shattered my world. Actually, shattered my entire family. Um, um, I, my entire family went to church. My my dad's uh, family and also and, and I'm the last one standing. Um, and so it was hell on earth. Uh, but I think for us. For Jackie and I, it was it was absolutely huge because it caused us to reevaluate things. Mm -hmm. I think we had held, in a sense, my family on a pedestal. My my parents were not, still are not divorced. Jackie's family, uh, she has, she's got she's got four parents. She's blessed with four parents, um, and so I think we looked at my, my family and thought, well, clearly my parents have done things right because what are the alternative? And so that's how we and and in the end we're like, whoa, wait a minute. <laughs> Not everything was perfect. And so it caused us to reevaluate and even change some of the things we were doing in our marriage that was, in a sense, patterned after the way my parents were doing things. And go, I'm not, it just, it caused us to question a lot of stuff, but it forced us to come up with decisions on our own rather than just following somebody else's footsteps. And so we've actually changed a ton of stuff and the way we do things and the way we communicate. And, and so uh, hell on earth, hated it. Hated every moment of it, but I think for us, and, and even me per personally, it grew us huge, tighter together, but also more purposeful uh, afterwards. So, but if I had to do it over again, I wouldn't have gone through that. Yeah, so it's like, it's one of the, yeah, yeah, don't enjoy it. But, yeah, but I think good. incredible things come out of pain. That's good. Wow. Absolutely. Anybody else want to jump in on that one? It's a challenging one. Yeah. It's good. Good question. We were right down. It's really good. I've got easier ones. <laughs> Maybe we'll come back to that. You want to come back to it? Okay. Maybe. Thanks, Ryan, for breaking huh? Um, what's this, this? Maybe this is a maybe. Maybe this is a little simpler one. Um, my boyfriend and I have very different communication skills or styles. We're trying to learn how to communicate healthy and effectively uh, with a God filter. How you worked through your different communication styles uh, in love with a loving approach. Again, my boyfriend and I have very different communication skills or styles. We're trying to learn how to communicate healthy and effectively with a God filter. Uh, how have you worked through 
your guys' different communication styles and skills? Um, I think for us, we, why are you smiling? Okay. Um, we definitely have had to work through that. And I think we're still in process of kind of sorting some of that out. Um, I feel like in certain seasons, uh, certain things might come up again. And I think um, one of the biggest things is asking questions of each other, you know, trying, trying <coughs> to understand. Um, so when you said that, or when I say this, do you mean this? Or, you know, I think it's asking questions and wanting to understand each other. Um, and also I wouldn't um, take away the fact that if you're needing to improve on communication, to ask questions of other people. I mean, if you found a couple that you admire or you think do communication well, I think asking those questions or saying, hey, can you help us? Because sometimes it's a matter of um, having someone almost mediate a conversation. If they can sit and listen and say, okay, I think what she's saying is this, and what you're saying is this, and you actually agree. Or um, I think sometimes you can't be afraid of asking for help if that's something you need. That's good. No, that's good. That's good. All right, I'm going to get to, go ahead, Linda, won't you, you want to add to that? You know, you don't know what, based on that question, you don't know what the specific things are, but I think in general, uh, you all know the rules of improv, where, you know, people stand up and just do comedy, and I say something, and Jackie says something, you add on to the next thing, add on to the next thing, but if somebody goes negative, it shuts the whole thing down, because you can't, you've stopped the story, you can't uh, continue with that line. And I think in, in a relationship, you know, when you're trying to communicate, uh, remember, you should both know the rules of improv and do a little improv because when one of you goes negative, that shuts down that communication. And so you can you can talk about differences, but there's a difference between going really negative on your differences versus just stating your differences. Mm -hmm. And and then also the whole always and never thing. Yeah. You want to avoid that like the plague. Oh yeah, that's good. Yeah. Always. Uh, avoid, always. Always. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, we're going to go into lightning round. Go ahead, lightning. Sherry, did oh, you want to finish that? Just to ex expand on always, never. You know, you always do this or you never do that. Those words should never come out right. of your mouth. Uh, because it, it's not, not true. Well, it, it's that means that the argument isn't about, or, or the discussion isn't about now. It's about now and that time and that time and that time and that time right. um, and, and it, it's never going to change and it's never going to change <laughs> <laughs> okay so lightning round which means I want you to give your less than a minute shortest answer okay. boom one person Yes. the battle of lust Jesus says is, is if you look at a woman with lust in your heart you commit adultery and you're in your heart what advice would you give someone to overcome lust in their heart Confess that to God. Just confess that to God. And, you know, if you confess that thought, sorry, I had an impure thought. You own that, you confess that to God, you move on. The other thing is, the enemy knows your thoughts. You have an enemy outside that watches your behavior. They may know, hey, you know, there's a nice looking woman around, there's whatever, and I'm going to give you a thought, lustful thought. So you confess first, and you assess yourself, is that my thought? Is that the lustful thought, my thought? Uh, and if so, you confess it. If not, you know, you speak to that thought, you know, give no license to that thought in Jesus' name. And because you can be harassed from the outside. And, uh, and I had that happen to me one time. It was, I don't know, 10 years ago, you know? 
20 years ago? Oh, I didn't tell you about 10 years ago, too. <laughs> that was the last time you had a lustful thought? I know. I, know. I, I, I confess a little bit. Oh, 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 okay, okay, good. No, but just for you, wow, you know, are amazing. you know you're harassed, or you know you can't stop thinking this. And, you know, you, why, you're, you're kicking yourself around, right? Because why am I thinking this? It may be the enemy speaking that to you, you know, so you speak back to that. Anyway, I heard that on the radio, you know, to do that. I was watching, listening to the, I don't know, some radio station, Christian Life radio station. And I had been having this problem for three or four weeks, you know, just driving around town, whatever. And did that, and that was exactly what it was. I was being harassed from the outside. So you have to own your lustful thoughts, and you need to know that they may not all be your own. That's good. All right, next question. Uh, I'm going to ask this one to, to Sherry. <laughs> Because yes. <laughs> it's really hard. Okay, here we go. Because it's really hard. No, it's not necessarily. How do we deal, how do you deal with lying, cheating, and betrayal? <laughs> you forgive. Oh. I mean, well, and then just stay in it? Lying, or, cheating, I mean, and betrayal. specifically sexual? Or? It doesn't, that's all I got. So take it whichever direction you want. Okay. Cheating would be, I guess. Well, I have a quick answer. I think if, if you're married, obviously that's stuff you have to work to. If you're not married, oh, yeah. bye-bye. Yeah, you're done. Yeah. It's yeah. Run. Okay. Run. Run. Yeah, run. 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 Yeah, that's run, Forrest. You run. Yeah. There's well, no yeah. reason. I mean, the forgive There's forgiveness, the yes. You can forgive well, the person. And, and you need to forgive. Um, for yourself. For yourself, to right. Yep. You know, even even if you walk away. But Don't but if so. but if there's lying, cheating, and betrayal going on in a dating relationship, yeah, you... you 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 forgive you walk away and you, and you go find somebody who's worthy of uh, mm. what's going on in your life. Yeah, that's good. Well, there you go, people. That's good advice right there. <laughs> All right, that was good. If you need, here we go. If you need to play the game, how do you know when God's calling you in or out of a season of singleness? I'll read it again. If you need to, if you need to play in the game. How do you know when God's calling you in and out of a season of singleness? If you're married, he's not going to call you into a season okay. of singleness. So let's assume you're not married. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I don't, I don't. Well, there are people who are called to singleness. Yeah, but absolutely. Let's assume. That's not what. That's not what's being said here. Okay. Well, just a season. A season of singleness. Yeah. That this person true. desires to be in a relationship married. Yeah. They've been dating, but they're assuming, think, the assumption is there's seasons of singleness and not. I think yeah. if relationships become your idol, and 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 that is the place that you're trying to to fill that God-given void, then you probably need to take a break. Um, and 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 I would submit too that if it's just one after another after another, and there's never been a break ever, then yeah, you probably need to take a break. Uh, however, uh, and this is what I think. I think God catches up, us off guard sometimes too, though, because because we go. I'm, I love. I'm, I use this line, but I love the line. You know, it's just it's got to be me and Jesus for a while. So I'm gonna break up with this girl because because God needs to be my love. You know, I love that that because most of the time that usually means that person's about to go hook up with somebody else. Yeah. Is what it usually means. Not you. Uh, but. I, I think sometimes God can, can can surprise us. We really focus on Him, and all of a sudden somebody pops into our whoa! Where did that come from? It comes out of left field. And so I think it's pursue Jesus, surround yourself with people who love Jesus, uh, and and listen to them too. 
you know, and if they're going, dude, you got an issue, then you might want to listen. What's your favorite love song and why? <laughs> Another one bites the dust is my favorite. I'm just kidding. All right. yeah. no, seriously. The one I, I don't know if this is my favorite, but the one that I immediately thought of, I don't know, uh, Savage Garden. Do you remember that song? <laughs> Does anybody know that song? Do you know? Okay. I think it's truly madly deeply. Yeah, it's yeah. really cheesy. I just thought I don't know that's my favorite, but I just saw it. How about from the '80s, Michael W. Smith, "Friends of Friends Forever"? Yes. Okay, maybe not. Okay. I don't have a favorite one. We can move on from that one. Yeah. All right. How about this? If you struggle with the issue of porn, how and where do you get help? That's a good one. Uh, Lindell brought this up. I mean, you guys for help. Um, and so I, I think getting help could be could be professional counseling. I think you know high school, college. I know I surrounded myself with with buddies who also struggled with it. So we'd get together and confess, and we'd all feel better because none of us were alone. <laughs> dude, I'm really struggling. Dude, me too. And then all of a sudden, eight people in the room like me too, me too. But nobody had an answer for it, so it wasn't really helpful. <laughs> I, I think I think it's okay to confess in, in a peer group. I think that's all right. But I, I think you also got to find people that that have found some success in that area, and that can cause you to tell the line and ask that question on a consistent basis. I used to hang out with Lendl every couple of weeks. We'd go walking on on the levee, and Lendl had this ugly list of questions and sometimes he just goes straight down this list and other times it wasn't so but, do you remember those i don't even know if you remember that time but well, it was just one of those you know i knew i knew that that question was coming next time i hang out with lendl so i'm like if i'm not doing this for god i need to at least do it for lendl because i'm gonna be real embarrassed <laughs> but but i think it, i think it, i think it could be a habit just like a lot of other things and when we get bored when we're tired when we're whatever in, in a place pornography can be it's an addiction and, and it does similar things to your brain like drugs do. And so sometimes it, it requires professional counseling. Sometimes it requires somebody who's a step ahead of you. Uh, I think it's okay to confess to a, a group of friends, but you got to have somebody outside that's hopefully found some victory. Once, thanks, that's good. So once the trust in a relationship is broken, how can you rebuild it? Unless it's a marriage, don't bother well, it can be broken in lots of ways, right? Yeah, so. you, you can, yeah. yeah. Um, carefully, slowly, mm. um, with time. Yeah. You know, there's there's no quick fix right. to to a broken trust. So, um, yeah. you know, accountability. I mean, you you place yourself accountable to that other person over and over and over again, even though it feels stupid to you. That's good. That's good. Well, how about this? Like, we we got we need to wrap this up, but I I'd, I'd love to hear is has this been helpful for y'all to get just a different perspective? Can you give these guys a Bye. hand for their willingness to take the time? Thank you so much. We recognize we recognize that in one one night um, you can't get all your questions answered, um, but I think. This, this kind of interaction um, doesn't just have to happen in a public setting like this. Um, I hope that being reflective about those questions that you do have, just know that, um, you know, these, these guys go to, I don't know if not everybody here goes to River City Church, but 
in your church, wherever you attend, um, find some people that you know are further ahead than you are in some ways and in some areas. And don't be afraid to ask them questions um, and, and seek that help, uh, seek insight, seek wisdom. And, um, you know, Rob back here, who's official professor and club that he oversees this club, he's, he's a great man of God himself. Um, he and his wife, how long have you and Lina been married? 28 years. So lots of wisdom right there. Um, you, don't, you don't go through a 20 years of marriage and not have a few things uh, experientially to say. And so uh, just to encourage you, I don't know any married couple that wouldn't love to just share a little bit and help any of you guys in any way. So, so the hardest part sometimes is just being willing to approach and ask. And so, but I can tell you, these guys were willing. Uh, they got lots to do, plenty going on. Um, and so, anyway, we're here for you. And, and there's many others that are too. So let me pray for you. Lord, Just we just thank you for tonight and for all the wisdom dispensed and the questions asked. And, and Lord, we ask that, that uh, you would bring the truth to the surface for each person, Lord. And I, and I pray that everyone in this room would seek you first. Uh, Matthew 6, 33 says that. Seek you first. Seek, the first, seek first the kingdom, and then all these other things will be added. Lord, when it comes to relationships, when it comes to love, when it comes to who we're going to marry, uh, Lord, that can, be, that can be really challenging. But if we're seeking you first, then all the rest of this stuff starts to make sense and line up. And so I'm asking, we're asking for healthy relationships. We're asking that you'd, that you'd give uh, that fruit of the spirit of self-control to every one of us in this room, God, that we'd be able to... Um, walk in purity when we need to walk in purity and, and, and especially when we're single it's just challenging Lord there's so much temptation uh, but Lord it's the same in marriage we, there's temptation there as well so we pray God for self control we pray for peace and joy and love and gentleness and kindness all those things all those fruits to just rise to the surface and grow in all of us we love you Lord and we give you the rest of our evening in Jesus name Amen. 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 All right. Uh, yeah, one more hand for these guys. Usual. The first one is please, 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 please sign in. We have to take attendance to be a club, and so I have a little sign-in book over here. So if you've been before, your name is in the like on the page. Just put an X by your name. If you have not come before, there's a red tab in the book. Just flip it over and please write down your name, email, and phone number. Um, so that we have your contact information and then I can get you plugged in and you'll be on the sheet next time. Um, so please, that's really important that you do, so we'll pass it around. Um, yeah, and that'll be great. Um, the next announcement I have for you is River City is recording an album, and so there's gonna be a live recording on Saturday the 22nd at River City at 7 p.m. Um, if any of you have been to a lift worship night before, it's gonna be kind of like that. Um, so, oh, however, um, seating, <laughs> sorry, I have to take my throat. seating is limited, so you'll need to pick up a ticket, and those can be um, found at the River City office, or you can pick them up after church on Sunday. Um, if you pick them up during the week, you can just get those in the Baker Prince building. 